It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? Welcome to the Friday, November 26, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. On today's episode, getting into the news that came out yesterday of the Xavier Howard contract restructure, digging a little deeper into the addition of Philip Lindsay and where we should set our expectations and more ahead of this weekend's game against the Carolina Panthers. Buckle in. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at draftnetwork.com, your host here on the show. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen of the day and today's episode is brought to you by stat hero stat here is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups winner take all sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100 deposit match some news came out on thanksgiving and um the news pertains to the contract of cornerback Xavier Howard, which seems to be an obligatory every three three months. It's it's making an appearance in the headlines, but uh, the news was broke yesterday that the Dolphins had restructured Xavier Howard's contract in an effort to manufacture a little bit of extra space against the salary cap, $3.88 million of it to be exact. The question is, you know, what is the implications of a salary cap restructure. The uh, the news came courtesy of NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, um, manufacturing $3.8 million in cap space for the rest of the season. They converted a portion of his base salary into a signing bonus, uh, which means they paid out the lump sum, uh, which then allows it to be prorated over the course of, of several seasons. What does this mean? What is is there a, a corresponding move that's coming? Well, maybe, but I would anticipate that this move is strictly based off of as they have continued to churn the roster and they took some of their L's and dead cap over the course of this off season and into this year. Uh, the end result is Miami was pretty worse for wear as far as twenty twenty one spending power for the rest of the year and half a million dollars at their disposal. This opens up that wiggle room for if guys get hurt, you want to pick somebody else up off waiver claims, you're going to have that flexibility to be able to do that. I don't think $4.3 million or whatever they have now is enough that's really going to push or make a big difference uh, in the Dolphins' ability to sign either Mike Gusecki or Emmanuel Agbo Christian Wilkins or anybody else to a contract extension. I just don't think that's that's really in the cards at this point because uh, you would have needed to manufacture 
more room. But I think the more interesting potential domino is what this means for Xavier Howard. Because the Dolphins, of course, uh, have had this long-standing dispute with Howard. Uh, they had the trade request that was rumored in February after it was rumored he had requested a trade last year before the deadline. And then he did demand a trade or he had a hold-in in training camp. And now he's back. And they had agreed to with a handshake agreement as a part of the restructured deal that they already reworked this contract in uh, August that they were going to revisit his entire contract uh, by the time the new league year started. Well, by carving in a, out an additional $3.8 million in cap as a signing bonus, that now means Miami is going to be responsible for that money no matter what. And if you let Xavier Howard walk out the door, what ends up happening is that money, you're going to be on the hook for it. So we've kind of had this debate, right, about whether or not Xavier Howard feels destined to be somewhere else. If he's going to stay in Miami. I think this is an indicator that, you know, as Miami looks to continue to work on restructuring this contract to a way in which appeases Xavier Howard and is suitable for them as well. I think this stands for reason that this may be something we see uh, help nudge Miami in keeping Xavier Howard around longer. Because at the end of the day, if you were going to manufacture $4 million in cash space, and let's just round up and call it $4 million, uh, would you do that with a player that you're going to move and then automatically have all of that deferred guaranteed money that you've prorated over several years now come rushing back. And of course, you can point to guys like Kyle Van Noy and Eric Flowers and say, well, yeah, Kyle, that happens and they do it. But if you wanted to manufacture this kind of money for wiggle room, why would Howard be the one that you came to? I think there were other options across this roster unless you feel like Howard is going to continue to be in the picture and you didn't just flush this money down the toilet for the sake of admin. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, and if I am, the good news is it won't be the first time I'm wrong. Uh, but my inclination is this maneuver stands well to suggest Xavier Howard is going to continue to be a member of the dolphins beyond 2021. And, um, that this, this maneuver kind of helps nudge that in that direction because they'll lump that deferred cap hit and guaranteed commitments into whatever restructure takes place uh, this offseason. And I do not think that a corresponding move is coming, but again, perhaps there is something that can be in the works that this is enough money where they feel like they can put a kicker in and um, pay out 
and defer guarantees for whatever kind of signing bonus that they're intent on for a new contract. But I do not think that's the case. I don't think that math is going to work uh, particularly well uh, for the Dolphins over the rest of this league season. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. And that's the appeal to daily fantasy sports in general, right? You get more chances to win. Traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknown. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you control the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. You can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's talk about Philip Lindsay, the Houston Texans running back, because I did get a reasonable question uh, regarding Philip Lindsay, because when the, the claim came through, I went to one of my favorite go-to movies, Heavyweights. And there's a scene in the movie, and one of the kids at, at the camp goes, this pleases me. And uh, that was the gif of choice that I used to describe my reaction to the Dolphins claiming Philip Lindsay. And somebody asked, yeah, hey, you know, like, have you watched Philip Lindsay this year? Like with Houston, like he's been invisible, like he hasn't really done anything. Uh, his season high for rushing yardage is 39 yards. He only has four games this season in which he was over 10 rushing yards. Uh, he's only caught a couple of passes. He's been invisible, and he was there on a one-year deal. So, like, why why are you excited for a guy that's coming in averaging 2.6 yards per carry? It's a reasonable question. And I think you look at the trajectory of Philip Lindsay, right? He came in as a UDFA in 2018. He made the Pro Bowl as a rookie. He rushed the ball 192 times for over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. He had over almost 1,300 yards from scrimmage on 227 total touches, 10 touchdowns. For the Broncos. The following year, 224, he's not quite as productive per touch. He's still over 1,000 yards, still has seven touchdowns, but his yards per touch dropped by almost a full yard. Uh, He had 32 more touches over the course of a season and had 71 less total yards from scrimmage. 
And then Melvin Gordon signs in Denver and Melvin Gordon takes the, the lead role. And Phil Lindsay is now an also ran and he played in 11 games. He rushed for 502 yards and 4.3 yards per carry. And was down to one touchdown. And then he leaves Denver and goes to Houston and has the invisible year that he does. But here's like at the end of the day, Philip Lindsay, 27 years old, has four years, less than four full seasons of NFL experience at his disposal. He has two 1,000-yard rushing seasons. He has two seasons with over 1,200 yards from scrimmage. This is a relatively young player. He did have a high workload at Colorado, and he did go undrafted because he's 5'8", 190, but he runs 4'3-something. He's in his fourth NFL season. He's more accomplished than all the other backs on the Dolphins roster combined. Nobody should be expecting Philip Lindsay to come in and be the savior to the Dolphins running game. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, wow, the Dolphins are going to run the ball at this super high clip. And they're, they're, it's going to totally change the face of their offense. No, the offensive line, as evidenced by what's going on in Houston, um, backs are dependent to a certain degree upon their offensive line to help facilitate things and provide them room to work. Philip Lindsay coming to Miami, the offensive line's not any better. Now they might be better because Michael Dieter's coming back from injury. And that's an exciting development for the dolphins. And we should all be very excited about that. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who's in a contract here. He's motivated. He's, he's trying to get a contract, especially at the running back position, where this next contract, if he gets one that's more than a one-year commitment, might be the last sizable contract he ever signs in the NFL just because of the dynamics of, of paying that position in the league. So you as Miami have an opportunity to get this guy in here who is the same style of back as Gaskin and Ahmed. Um He's a little bit better with speed than Gaskin. He's a better pass catcher than Ahmed. Like there's an opportunity here for him to potentially forge a role between those two guys. And you get a chance to evaluate him in your system. And if you like what you see, I would say he is an upgrade over both of those players. If he is healthy and playing to the best of his ability, you get a chance to evaluate him over the last month and a half, two months of the NFL season in your offense with this coaching staff and presuming that everybody involved is back and you like what you see, what you have afforded yourself is a jump start on negotiating a new contract. And that's very important because if you have the exclusive negotiating rights on a player and a player likes your environment and he has positive experience, if you have positive experience, Notching the belt and say, okay, we got Philip Lindsay, we've got Miles Gaskin. Let's go out and get a big hitter back. And Lindsay can be your change of pace, and Gaskin, if you want him to be, can be your, your third down back. And all of a sudden, you're in a much different situation. So let's say, theoretically, you retain Philip Lindsay. We want to have complementary skill sets in the offensive backfield, right? And the Dolphins have tried to do this. It's why they brought in Malcolm Brown to be the quote-unquote short yard back. The problem is their primary back is 200 pounds. So if you can get your quote-unquote short yardage back is also your primary runner, your early down back, 
and guys like Philip Lindsay become the change of pace guy, kind of what they thought Matt Breida was going to be. Now, of course, I think you'd need a little bit more versatility in your offensive lineman than everybody being 325, 330 pounds and bulls on parade. And you try to run wide zone with Matt Breida, which is where he had so much success with wide zone and outside zone in San Francisco. He comes to Miami and they don't have the, the horses to be able to do that. So again, gets into how is your offensive line going to be able to perform? And I do think at least with Robert Hunt at right guard. And if Deer is playing instead of any of the other options they've had in the Brian Flores era, or if they choose to upgrade that position and Austin Jackson is much more athletic than both Eric Flowers and Solomon Kinley. And then obviously you have Eichenberg who is really good in the run game. I want to be clear about that. His deterioration as a pass blocker is very concerning. He might be destined for a trip inside the guard. But you have more athleticism up front because of the domino effect and adding Eichenberg to the mix versus 2020 and pulling Solomon Kinley off and putting Dieter in to the center spot and putting Austin Jackson in the left guard spot. Like You're going to have to get the coaching hire right. You're going to have to get the offensive line coach right. And we're going to need some established NFL experience to complement these pieces. But you do have some athleticism at your disposal right now. What you are able to do with that, if you want to get complementary pieces, is let's say you draft Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State, 5'10", 210 pounds, just did his final film eval for the draftnetwork.com. Really big fan of his skill set, but I don't like him in pass pro and I don't like him in passing situations. So now your your heavy hitter back can also be your high volume carry guy, unlike what you have in Miles Gaskin. And a guy like Philip Lindsay can be your change of pace guy, your outside guy can be a pass catcher, just like Gaskin can. Any personnel moves that we are complimenting at this point in the game for the Dolphins are not because they're going to help the Dolphins win in 2021. That ship has sailed. The horses they have are the horses they're going to ride. And that's just unfortunately the way it's going to have to be. Because the trade deadline is gone. Good offensive linemen don't grow on trees. Good offensive linemen don't show up on the waiver wire. Because if they're good offensive linemen, teams are holding on to them, either for the long term or for this year to try and make a playoff push. That's just the way it goes. So when I compliment any move the Dolphins make, remember, it's from a long-term scope and view and opportunity to potentially address needs in the future. I think that's important context uh, to try to remember. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's Black Friday and Built is going all out to make this Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that has ever been in the history of Black Fridays with new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount, good news, all through Black Friday weekend. At least 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. Built Bar, Protein Bar, Tastes Like Candy Bar, Delicious, Top of First Round Pick. It's amazing. You can use promo code LOCK20 to save 20% off anything and everything. There's a new flavor like Ruby Chocolate Puffs with marshmallow goodness covered in a unique chocolate, Ruby Chocolate. Never been done with a Built Bar before. Dark Chocolate, White Chocolate, now Ruby Chocolate joins the club. Lemon dipped cheesecake puffs. I can tell you, I've had these. Holy cow. 
My God, if you love lemon cheesecake, you'll love lemon dropped cheesecake puffs, tangy taste of lemon sweet cheesecake, marshmallowy puff. They are it, man. This is what it is all about. You don't need to fight angry crowds. No camping outdoors for hours on end. Your best Black Friday deals are at built.com. Tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar, 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars all at built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just use promo code LOCKED20 at built.com. If that's not enough to get your heart racing, I don't know what to tell you. Perhaps you like to win a little money this weekend. Buy yourself some more Built Bars. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means. Football, nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting on this long Thanksgiving weekend. Bet Online has you covered for all holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on to receive your bonus. It's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and they are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So that's that's kind of where I want to finish today. I kind of alluded to it there in, in mentioning the name Kenneth Walker. Uh, the third, who is a running back out of Michigan State. And uh, he is a prospect I would really, really like for the Miami Dolphins. And I just want to run through some of the names uh, that I have been busy evaluating. This is our first week over at thedraftnetwork.com, writing final film evaluations with our scouting team uh, for the 2022 NFL Draft. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll write the evaluations Individually, we have regions that each scout on our scouting staff is responsible for. And then once we're finished with our region on a deep dive, we'll stack that board with that regional scouts grade. And then we'll go back through, and this will happen at the end of January and go all the way through April. And we'll go through those guys collectively as a group where we'll all watch the same guys on the same day. And we'll come back and we'll have cross check where everybody else can provide their grades. And then you get a consensus grade. So it's kind of a way for you to build an individual board or um, ballot, if you will, for the best prospects. And everybody can kind of collectively go through the process together and talk about what they see uh, between now and the draft. Uh, but the legwork now is being done for how we are writing the scout reports. And I am responsible. I'm up in, in the uh, mid-Atlantic area. I am responsible for the Big Ten. And this week, we did Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Did a couple players a day. So first week, nice and easy. Someone gets repeat wet, blah, blah, blah. Of the Big Ten prospects that I have done, every single one of the first six, or technically seven, because I watched a guy uh, and graded him but haven't, haven't written him up just yet, I think would be very good fits for the Miami Dolphins in different ranges of the draft. The bad news is if you wanted Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end, out of Michigan, number 97, then you were going to hope that either San Francisco went 3-14 and 14 this season or Miami didn't trade their own pick and they'd lose every game the rest of the year. I don't think anybody wants that. But Aiden Hutchinson uh, is an absolute monster. He's kind of a uh, 
Nick Joey Bosa type of player in my eyes with just how refined he is. Uh, but I want to acknowledge his existence, but he's not a player that I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, but two of the other guys, I did them both for today's meeting, uh, for we have our scouting meeting uh, later this afternoon, Kenneth Walker and Tyler Linderbaum. And I think there's a realistic world in which both of those players are available for Miami with each of their first round picks. And that's what makes the return of Michael Dieter very important for me because I'm going to be evaluating him and trying to determine, okay, is Michael Dieter going to show enough for me to have the confidence to say, I'm going to acknowledge Tyler Linderbaum's existence, but I don't think he's the best fit for Miami because of the presence of Michael Dieter on the roster. And that's going to be a really hard task for Michael Dieter to accomplish because Linderbaum is a stud. Uh, he's 6'3", 290, former defensive tackle. And I want to acknowledge him out of the entire group uh, because offensive line is obviously such a hot-button topic for the Dolphins. But I want to introduce these thoughts now because I'm, they're fresh for me. Um, so his, fre- his true freshman season, he was a defensive tackle at Iowa and then transitioned and has played three years at center. And you would never guess watching this guy that he has not been playing center for his entire life because he is unbelievable with what he is able to do in space, in wide zone concepts. And that was kind of why I teased that earlier talking about the role of Philip Lindsay in the backfield is complementary skill sets and offensive line. Now I kind of came into Linderbaum's evaluation. He's 290 pounds, right? Which is not very big for an offensive line. And my kind of expectation is okay. Like, is he going to be one of these wide zone exclusive type guys that, uh, you know, if you don't run the Kyle Shanahan type system, like I'm not really going to be comfortable with his fit in the offense. And I didn't find that. You know, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, his functional strength. I was an offense that likes to play forward. Uh, they like to run the ball. They like to play action pass. They like to use the screen game. They don't do a lot of traditional drop back passing. It was kind of like, well, yeah, you know, like, is he just a guy who kind of runs sideline to sideline and does cutoff blocks and like can't anchor in a one-on-one situation? And then I watched a couple of games in which, you know, they got down big to Purdue early this season and they were the number two ranked team in the country at the time and they lost to Purdue. And they had to pass the ball in the second half because they were down multiple scores. And he did a really nice job anchoring against Purdue. And perhaps your response to that would say, okay, that's fine, Kyle, it's Purdue. How's he do against NFL talent? Not that Purdue doesn't have NFL town. Wisconsin game they played this year. Uh, he quite often got a nose tackle by the name of Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, number 95, in his face. And obviously as an undersized center, and we've talked about this with Raekwon Davis and this application of a skill set. Play odd fronts, put the center directly in the lap, or put the nose tackle directly in the lap of the center, and have him deal with that situation one-on-one for the entire game and see how he handles it. Because Raekwon's probably going to kick that guy's ass on the other side of the ball. And Wisconsin tried to put a nose on Tyler Linderbaugh. And Tyler did really well with it. So those were the two things that Linderbaum was able to check the box for me. is Seeing him anchor in must-pass situations with your pass sets and dealing with nose tackle one-on-one. And the comp I walked away with was Jason Kelsey, 
of the Philadelphia Eagles, who was a sixth round pick because he was 290 pounds back in 2011, 10 years ago. And uh, Jason Kelsey's one of the best centers of the past 10 years. So um, he's a player. If we don't like what we see from Michael Dieter, we haven't seen a, a, a center go in the top 10 in like 30 years. I would expect he would not be a top 10 selection, which means for Miami, that is a very realistic possibility. And of course, he's from the Iowa pipeline. And those guys are very polished. They're very cerebral. And putting that guy at the center position where he takes the signal caller role, as Brian Flores refers to it, I think that's something that could make a lot of sense. Would I love drafting another first-round pick on a on the offensive line amid all the early investments this team has made? No. Would love to get a pass rusher like David Ajabo from Michigan, who we'll talk about later. Uh, or potentially a wide receiver. And I know nobody wants to entertain the wide receiver, but you know, it's just like the wide receiver room, the offensive line that's been invested in, but it's not right. So you got to keep investing. And that's just kind of the way it is. So uh, I wanted to introduce Tyler Linderbaum and my thoughts on him because he's a player that is a little apprehensive, just wasn't quite sure. Like, is he going to be a ski? Is he a universal type player or is he just a scheme fit for these Shanahan offenses? And lo and behold, uh, I think he can play in any kind of system. So that's a huge development for Miami and my confidence that, hey, depending on how the board breaks, you're going to have a really good fit that you feel really good about. Make sure you check him out because they are playing. Who are they playing? They got a rival. Is it Nebraska? Yes, they play Nebraska today, Friday, 1.30. Plan accordingly. Have some college football this afternoon. Hope you guys get a chance to check it out. Hope you get a chance to keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. We're hoping to get another power to the pot in this week. I think we're going to go on the YouTube stream for it, bring the YouTube stream back. It's been a couple of weeks. Obviously, the Thanksgiving travel or the Thanksgiving holiday and the travels of, of going to Miami for a week and a half was uh, kind of an interruption into my workflow. I think we're back. I think we're back into it. So keep an eye out for that. Keep it locked in here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you guys make it a great day. I'll talk to you again soon. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.